is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. Hey, welcome back from summer vacation. It's the Desperate Mothers Podcast with CJ Watson and Jack Fisher. Hey, and nobody else because this is an impromptu uh, summer break podcast. We we thought that somebody should uh, kick CJ in the balls and tell him that uh, he's failing as a human being. Truth. And this seemed like the appropriate setting to do it in. You know, Twitter already did that this last <laughs> week. <laughs> so what is your follower count? So the Twitter purge happened. Yes. And uh, you know that I've experimented over the last year or so with like Twitter advertising, buy Twitter followers a cheap Twitter advertising campaign, all of these like kind of iffy cheap things to get my followers as close to 20 odd thousands as possible. I was over 25,000 at one point. Okay. So you actually peaked over 25. I did. Okay. I did for like a week. Yeah. And then I, I flatlined and I was about 14, eight, 14, nine for the better part of eight or nine months. Well, that seems pretty respectable. It is, especially considering the the nominal amount of money I spent to do that. Because normally, a respectable, decent, true Twitter campaign costs you in the neighborhood of one hundred to a thousand dollars a month. Okay, I spent like twenty five dollars on various questionable campaigns. And uh, for our listeners, when you say questionable campaign. Um, dirty, illegal, bot, maybe possibly Russian and Donald Trump supporting <laughs> hackers. <laughs> but what did they do for you? They they gave you um, simulated followers. Should we uh, candy coat it? Candy coat it. I mean, outright fake bot accounts. Okay, but the deal is. That makes you more popular to the the Twitter algorithm. Algorithm, if Twitter uses one, who knows about the magic? Which can yield real followers. So the thing about having a respectable number is then you look respectable, and people start following you too. So it doesn't matter whether you can afford to drive um, the Lexus SUV. If people see you driving it, all you got to do is rent it. Rent yeah. it for a few days a month. Yeah, it's it's a uh, a Lexus SUV lease. You're, you're leasing the the followers, right? So so the deal was I did that, and it actually allowed me to make a couple of personal connections I probably would not have otherwise made. And I am not going to expound on those personal connections. Here's the deal. The Twitter purge happened. And and I lost 13,000 followers. So you're now around 2,000? Under 2,000. A little under 2,000. So now I have to enlist in a legit campaign. The deal is I still gain and lose half a dozen followers a day. 
and we can only hope that you know those are people coming to sanity and realizing that the ones that I'm losing are the ones that I'm gaining. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the deal is, my reach has not effectively changed unless anybody was out there to like contact me because they thought I was more popular than I am. Sure. I mean, basically it comes down to you've had around 2000 legit followers. Yeah. For the past year I've had around that. And, and now that's what I have. Now, um, uh, asking from the, the, perspective of somebody that's ignorant does is there any way to monetize twitter i mean other it's than- tough twitter twitter is not like you know youtube it's not like amazon the best way to monetize twitter is to like push your traffic like old school traffic seo kind of things push your twitter followers to a specific url to where you monetize them that way So it's a traffic source. Twitter is a traffic source. Okay. That that makes sense. So you gain Twitter followers by actually being interesting enough for people to follow you. Now the funny thing is most of my interesting my more interesting Twitter posts are my stupider Twitter posts. I get more Twitter exposure for my anti-Trump and crazy food posts than I do for like our videos and our podcast. If I talk about taco juice, I'll get as much as exposure as I'll get from like railing as Donald Trump. But if I talk about Elf on the Shelf, then it's all crickets. You know, if I talk about that blender guy, it's all crickets. <laughs> That's just because they haven't seen the genius episodes. So you desperately, for us, need to watch that blender guy on YouTube. And you can see it at uh, youtube.com slash the desperate mothers. And the desperate mothers desperately need to to produce more episodes of that blender guy. They do. We we have been standing hard at 117 subscribers. (laughs) And we've survived countless like you know, YouTube purges. So we have actually probably 100 and change subscribers. That, that's 100 people out 100 there. 100 real people. 100 yeah. real kick-ass best people in the world. You know, we should just contact all of them and tell them we're going to send you a patch. A patch, a pin, a card, a bookmark, whatever. The, the Desperate Mothers welcome kit. Maybe one of, some of Jack's uh, previously worn underwear. <laughs> but we should do that just before you post a whole bunch of new content. Yeah, yeah. We'll be posting uh, new content pretty soon. And what sort of new content do you anticipate posting? Matt and I have been talking about that. And we're talking about some of those crazy food recipes that I make. So... If you don't follow us all the time, you haven't listened to like a lot of the episodes or maybe you haven't watched all of our YouTube videos, sometimes I, I have this penchant for buying strange food Oreos, all the flavored Oreos. 
and then I make stuff with them. Like horrible, disgusting sushi sandwiches with Oreo cookies. I do. I do that. But you know what else I've done the last few weeks? I have been on an Oreo cookie brownie binge. I've been doing my own... You're looking for the perfect recipe that blends the goodness of brownies and... The extravagance of an Oreo cookie. Yeah, yeah. Being being like a super fat man, I am quite an accomplished baker. And I have some really great original recipes. So I'm trying to like incorporate Oreos into one of my brownie recipes. So in doing so, is I crush up an entire bag of regular Oreos and I bake that into my brownie recipe. Yeah. And I think you've had that. I think I have. And I think it's pretty good. I mean, a lot of people really like it. Um, well, the last brownies you baked for us were pretty amazing. I think we ate them all and didn't take any of them to, to our workplaces, which is what normally happens with baked goods. And Matt has been on me like, you need to film this. You do this every week. You do this outside of everything that you do. You do crazy recipes. I make tiramisu's. I make peanut butter cheesecakes. I make peanut butter this. I make Oreo brownie that. He's like, you need to incorporate this into the YouTube channel. You can call it like a CJ's crazy kitchen segment. Occasionally, Matt says something which is insightful. (laughs) And in this case, I, I definitely think that he's spot on. I don't want to make a whole other channel for it because I don't want to only do that. But it's something that I do all the time. I made a espresso chocolate, white chocolate chip cookies last week. So what you've displayed so far, though, is... An understanding of the fundamentals of good video making. The videos that you've produced and put out there have shown multiple camera angles um, combined with audio that is good quality audio. And that's what 90% of the videos on YouTube are missing. They don't have multiple camera angles and it's... Amazing at how many videos on YouTube have no or poor audio. I mean, I've watched so many videos on YouTube that they have no audio, period. The only thing that they can manage to do afterwards is to insert uh, some, some text. Uh, some, uh, but that's where we come back to the whole content is king, you know. I mean, you have watched some videos... With terrible audio because you needed to know or you were interested in seeing what those videos were about. Yes, and if you provide interesting content delivered in a professional manner, then you are a step above minimum 50% of what's out there. Well, I got the professional manner down. (laughs) I just need to get the interesting content part down. But cooking is interesting. There's a whole lot of shows out there on cooking, and people watch a lot of that stuff. I know, but I don't want to have just a regular cooking show. I'm not interested in having a cooking show anyway. Let it be one of the many arrows that you have in your quiver. 
if I do it, like like I said, Matt said do CJ's crazy kitchen. He likes the alliteration, C, 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 or, you know, the crazy kitchen alliteration. The deal is I don't want a separate channel for that. I'll fold it if I do it. I will fold it into the Desperate Mothers channel under a, a subtitle, like, you know, the, that blender guy. And maybe I'll do it as, like, cook. And so, I've, I've thought about this before. I'll call it Cook Stupid. Because it's cooking, but it's not normal cooking. It's not something you would normally do. So in that case, you, sh- you should really call it CJ's Chronic Kitchen. Chronic? chronic? It, you know, like... Be- 420 Chronic? Yeah, 420 Chronic. Well, well, we, you know, as much as I would like to, we do not partake. <laughs> and we even li- we live in California and we don't partake. Yeah, but if, if you're trying to appeal to a new audience, just think of all the stoners that want to have tasty snacks. It's true. I mean, most of the crazy things I cook would appeal to the 420 crowd. Absolutely. I, I just want you to think about it. But I'm leaning toward Cook Stupid. Matt likes CJ's Crazy Kitchen, and you like what? CJ's Chronic Kitchen. Chronic Kitchen. Okay. So if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> vote in the comments for the podcast. On iTunes, preferably, leave us comments. You know, the one thing that we don't do is beg for iTunes comments. We need to do that. We need comments on the podcast. We know we get hundreds of downloads. We see the numbers. So we need the intelligent people listening to the podcast to rally around CJ's Chronic Kitchen. Cook stupid! Exclamation mark. Now, I was debating whether or not to have a comma between cook and stupid, as if cook, you stupid bastard, (laughs) or just cook stupid shit. Cook stupid. Because I really like cook stupid. Or, or Matt wants, yeah, CJ's Crazy Kitchen and Jack's down with CJ's Chronic Kitchen. So those are the three titles we got going. And if you vote for those, I will do Oreo brownies. I will do, um, I will do, I just have, I have a ton of stupid shit that I do it all the time. I've got original recipes. I've got great recipes. I have got awful recipes. <laughs> but one of the next videos what I do plan to do is a chicken uh, chicken nugget juice. Chicken nugget juice. Chicken nugget juice. So we're going to juice. taco juice was so successful. It is actually one of our most popular videos. All right. Um, so, this time, you have to have somebody operating the GoPro that knows what the fuck they're doing. I have more cameras now. We don't need to use the GoPro anymore. At the time, we had the GoPro. Yeah, but we have to order the nuggets through the drive-thru. It has to be a 1,000 nuggets. A 100. A 1,000 would be crazy. <laughs> no, a 100 nuggets is too easy. I want 100 orders of 10 nuggets. Yes. Will they will they make those for us? That's a lot of money, though. <laughs> That's some YouTube money there, boy. <laughs> Juicing. Look, you juiced 100 tacos with me. That took us, like, all day. And it produced two pictures of baby poop. <laughs> so if you've never seen the 
the taco juice episode, you really need to do yourself the favor of going to YouTube and and finding the Desperate Mothers channel and finding the taco juice episode. I just want to say no. It's an hour of your life you will never get back. <laughs> Obviously, you can fast forward through some parts, but there... watch it at two times speed. Then it's a half hour of your life. <laughs> because seriously, you watch us juice every single taco and what is the proper term for the the t- style of juicer where you're using the masticating and a masticating juice mastication is like chewing <laughs> it's like how baby birds eat okay and that's exactly how it came out yeah all right the cool thing was at the end we made a second video called uh um taco shots taco shots yeah. Where we when we ran tequila through the masticating juicer, so it took all of that all of that taco stuff that was really adhered and stuck to all of the burrs of the the grinder in the taco in in the juicer and released them, making a taco infused tequila shot. Yes. That and was amazing, by the way. It is absolutely as horrific as you're imagining it right now. Well, I don't know if it's, it says anything about tequila that it just... It didn't make the tequila taste any worse. <laughs> of course, it was Jose Cuervo, so it wasn't like we are doing Patron or... Yeah, but Jose Cuervo is solid tequila. It I is. Mean, it is a decent tequila. It, and, and Jose Cuervo should give us a kickback. Absolutely. For doing that video for them. They should at least send us a free bottle of uh, of Jose Cuervo. But that was the impetus for like four or five other videos where we just did like hostess shots. And some of those were pretty good. Hostess, uh, the mud pie shots, the, the ding-dongs and the cupcakes. I think we did an apple pie. Yeah, we did an apple something. Those were some amazingly stupid videos. <laughs> Okay, so enough about our past glories. So future glories is chicken nuggets. And I was thinking maybe chicken nuggets will juice some chicken nuggets, will make nugget milk. That will be disgusting. Right? It's like almond milk. You know that this last week they're petitioning, the the milk industry is petitioning the FDA to get nut milk producers to stop calling their product milk yep. because milk comes from a cow's teat because consumers aren't intelligent enough to know that soy milk is not actually milk from a cow. Right. Or almond milk is not milk from a cow that was fed nothing but almonds. <laughs> <laughs> Look, people think this stuff. It, okay. Um, and most of those people are probably the same ones that voted for Trump. <laughs> so, so nugget milk. We'll make chicken nugget milk. We'll, we'll put a few nuggets through the the juicer. As with long water. as we have a clear disclaimer that says this milk did not come from the teat of a cow. Right, right. Nor a cow that was fed nothing but nor nuggets. <laughs> a cow that was fed nothing but chicken nuggets. Chicken nugget milk. Woof. That sounds awful. But we need to do. A nugget juice, a nugget shot, and some nugget milk. That is one of the next videos that we're going to be doing on the channel. 
Okay. Also, I have a, I have uh, a poorly timed that blender guy video slated for like the next couple of weeks. That blender guy blends the infinity gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is something we talked about six months ago, and uh... look, it's it's going to be out in time for the DVD release. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, more people wa- more people watch the the DVD release. More people watch a movie for in during its DVD release than they do its wide theatrical release because not a lot of people go to the movies. Okay, but for the theatrical release, you have the machine of the studio that is trying to sensationalize their product. To get the word out about that movie, well, that's and you that, need to capitalize. Well, that's on why second best is to put it out for like machine. you know the DVD. Second sure. best, it's second best. It's second best. So I was really trying to work up something for. Uh, Congratulations, CJ! You have successfully achieved this second best. Dude, I, if timing. I got a second best anything, I would be happy. I was trying to work up some of that Blender Guy tie-in for Jurassic Park, World, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I could not come up with anything. Um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Did uh, you see the Jurassic World, Forgotten Kingdom, World, Island on Fire? Why would I do that? I don't know, because the first one was so good. <laughs> uh, the only possible answer is because you like the cute redhead in it, but... Uh... Other than that. So you didn't see it? No. So what possible that Blender Guy tie-in could I have done with Jurassic World, Forgotten Island, Kingdom on Fire, Journey to the Center of Electric Boogaloo? Um, you uh, could have blended a gyrosphere. I was going to say a dinosaur egg. but and You could have gotten a plastic gyrosphere and blended that. Or possibly... A stiletto high heel. Or uh, Chris Platt's fake adventure country accent. (laughs) Is it Texan or is it Australian? I don't know. Maybe it's Oklahoman? It's hard to tell. It is hard to tell because it was not good. So we are moving into August, and San Diego Comic-Con has once again come and went. Yes. Without our attendance. The, I, do, I fear that only, you will never, ever attend another San Diego Comic-Con, because it will forever coincide with your anniversary. So I am slowly bringing uh, my spouse around to n- nerddom. I got her into watching Doctor Who. I got her into playing Legend of Zelda. Um, She likes video games. She likes some of the sci-fi stuff I do. And uh, this year she told me, hey, I might be willing to join you for a day at L.A. Comic Con. A whole day. A whole day. And if I can get her to join me for a whole day at L.A. Comic Con... I think that San Diego Comic-Con, I can uh, I can couch it as, hey, 
babe, we'll go to San Diego for the weekend. I might be at San Diego Comic-Con a couple of days. You can join me a day or two if you want. And then we'll do fun stuff in San Diego. It's five days. So, however, the only way that I anticipate us ever getting to go to San Diego Comic-Con is if you get a, a booth. Yeah, well, that's not really in question. The booths are not hard to come by. They just cost money. Yeah. I always get offers for, Mm -hmm. hey, CJ, how would you and your dorks like to come get a booth? It's only this many thousands of dollars. I'm like, color me there. No, no, no. That's a lot of money. So by this evening, I have to make a decision whether I'm going to go with the VIP ticket for L.A. Comic-Con. 30 minutes early entrance and access to the cash bar. Yep. Now, I'm down with the cash bar. 30 minutes entrance. It's a cash bar that is on the floor of the main convention. We, We see it all the time. We've seen it all the time. You can get water, you can get drinks, you can get snacks. But you can sit in the air air conditioning. You don't have to leave the convention center. You don't have to walk across the street. This is sounding very appealing. So you're going to see if she likes LA Comic Con, which has grown in popularity. Though this year is going to be very interesting. Because this year we're going to see if it's going to take a hit from not having Elvira or Stan Lee's name on it. Yeah. It's the first year. It's now straight up Chinese owned LA Comic Con. Pow Entertainment. Now, the, the question. Pow, previously Stan Lee's company entertainment. Now, I hope that in the future they bring the Stan Lee name back. Um, Which might, because he, apparently he's dropped his lawsuit now that. Sure. His management is... There's all sorts of crazy stuff happening in Stanley's life right now. Well, he's 95, and he's probably not all there. Um, you know, it's... At, at We've not, seen him in person, and... At 95, uh, I think he has as much of his faculties as the you vast... You can expect ma- to have at 95. The vast majority of... Maybe more than the average 95-year-old. Sure. I'd go so far as to say more than the average 95-year-old. He is above average. But at the same time, he's 95, and people are looking at their cash cow going away. And we're hoping that the people whose sole goal is not to milk him are now back in control. So we had the, the crazy guy. Who was the crazy person that was manipulating him? Well, we had the... It depends on who you ask. <laughs> right? The, the manager. Who? Which one? Okay, there's like three generations of stand managers fighting against each other. And there's Kaya Morgan, who is the one that's... He's the one that just had the restraining order placed against him. He's the one that had this restraining order thrown out but he's also the crazy young kid guy who's until he found his way into stan lee's life his big project was the marilyn monroe murder documentary 
So I'd stop, I'd call him the crazy one. Well, yeah, that that's who I was thinking of when I said the crazy manager. But you know, there was a manager before that. There was the the managers try to be there after that. There's the whoever the daughter. You don't know who actually is the crazy person because you are not privy to any of those insider conversations. Sure. So it's really hard for people to say, this person's right and this person's wrong. All we know is that when Kaya Morgan came in, he ousted a lot of the Stanley old standbys, like uh, Max, who was the guy that yelled at you for taking pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And even Peter David said, Max... He never saw anybody took better care of Stanley than Max. And he was protecting Stanley from Jack surreptitiously snack, snapping pictures. He, he was aggressively protecting the individual. He, he had an eagle eye going on. Yeah. You know, and, and if that's how everybody gets paid and Stan makes his twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars for signing autographs in an afternoon, that's his job, right? Sure. So I get it. Anyways, you know, Kaya Morgan came in and said Max and, and that group was bad. And then all of a sudden, Stan starts putting crazy shit on Twitter and TMZ. I mean, I start hearing Stanley curse and Stanley calling the press bad and straight up doing Donald Trump type yep. posts. And I can only attribute Trumptonian. it. I can only attribute it to this Kaya Morgan character, which I don't know. I'm not privy to anything, but. If you were to ask me, and you hear previous podcasts, I say, he sounds kind of iffy. Or crooked. Or both. Yeah, yeah. How much can I say without getting sued by him? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the likelihood of him ever hearing about anything that you say is pretty slim. Um, Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, we've got a few hundred downloads and a couple, not even 2,000 followers on the Twitter. But a big takeaway of this, everything coming back to normal, is maybe Stan and Powell can reach a new good agreement and we can get Stan Lee's name back on LA Comic Con that, that next is, year. That's what I'm hoping. Because we know he gets butts in the seats. He sells tickets. He actually legitimized a small little kamikaze. We loved kamikaze. Went to kamikaze. Kamikaze was always like you had tons of elbow room when it was like a, a LA version of Comic Con, but so it's tiny. Stan, despite all the kerfluffle in his uh, personal life and uh, professional whatever, he's still been making those cameos in the Marvel films. Uh, just recently, he made his cameo in Ant-Man and Wasp. Arguably, those films were in the can for at least a year, year yeah. and a half ago. But, yes. So, we'll see if he makes a cameo in Captain Marvel. That would or be... Or Infinity War 2. Because they were filming Captain Marvel right about the time that all this crazy yes. shit was happening. Yeah, so we'll see if he actually has his... Because he's appeared, he's had his little cameo in every Marvel movie. Every 
Marvel Studio Marvel Universe movie. Yeah, yeah not the Spider-Man, I don't think. I, I think he actually he made was a in cameo Homecoming, in wasn't Homecoming, yeah. Okay. And he was in the Tobey Maguire ones, right? I don't remember. All right, fact check. If he wasn't, <laughs> make a correction in the comments and we'll send you a patch. Let us know in the comments. Did Stan Lee make a cameo in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies? So, we've had uh, Infinity War just finish up. We've seen Ant-Man and Wasp since then. Do you want to shock anybody that hasn't seen Ant-Man and Wasp? And spoiler alert, Ant-Man and Wasp, there's an Infinity War tie-in in the end credits. <laughs> there's actually two end credit scenes. The second one you don't need to stay to see. But the first one is an Infinity War tie-in. Yeah, it's an Infinity War tie-in kicking the balls. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> Ant-Man did not disintegrate. And that's all we'll tell you. Yeah. So, who is the most interesting person that you've ever run into at San Diego Comic-Con? That I've ever run into? Stood close enough to that you could recognize their face. Like, and interacted with, or just no, saw no. real close? Saw them. I don't know. That's tough. I mean, we've been going for a long time. You know, we've been doing different conventions for... Damn near decades now. Well, I, I did see. My Bru- my my big takeaway was that one time when I almost bumped into Felicia Day because I was talking to somebody else, and I didn't because I I only knew her from Buffy, right? So I was not a huge fan. You only knew Felicia Day from Buffy. Yes. And this was at a point in time when she had other work. She was. I think she had just started Guild or whatever. So I was talking to somebody else, and I was backing up, and I, I think I backed up, like into her table, at uh, San Diego Comic Con. So, uh, obviously, I've tried to get autographs and stuff from Felicia Day, but uh, no. That the what I'm talking obviously about. Obviously, this was before she exploded. That was funny. Uh, now, that is what I would call a legitimate encounter. You, you turn around and the person is there. Mm-hmm. And you weren't trying to get their autograph and you weren't attending their panel. Right. So probably my coup de grace is um, I was at San Diego Comic-Con and I looked to my right and Gene Simmons is standing there. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. And he doesn't have a huge entourage. He, what? He's just like standing there talking to the person at the booth and he was being like a, a kind of a normal guy um, now I I also was on the floor of San Diego Comic Con and I saw a brief flash of Quentin Tarantino's face and then I saw the back of his head as he rushed out uh, to get away from all the, the people at the con he was doing some panel oh okay God knows what it was for. It was a decade ago, so. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've seen a whole lot of people up close and personal. And I've seen a whole lot of people at 
booths and stuff and and maybe they didn't have a lot of people around them <laughs> you know it's tough it's tough to say which one was the most impressive you know i've been face to face with chewbacca yeah um kevin sorbo oh I'm I'm a fan of Kevin Sorbo. I love Kevin Sorbo. I didn't even know it was at the table. But you know the crush of cons, right? You know, sure. you're standing around, you're milling about, and then you look behind you, and Kevin Sorbo's there, or Ernie Hudson's there, or you're hanging out, and your friend's going to see Oscar Goldman, and you're just, like, bumping up against Starbucks. So that's what makes places like San Diego Comic-Con... Uh, fun is because mm-hmm. there's so many big name industry people there and to get to where they're going they have to walk across that floor um, I, I think even at LA Comic Con it's a little bit more controlled um, the, the the beautiful people the famous people um, it's still small enough that they don't have to cross great swaths of real estate and and mingle among the great unwashed, right? Because everything's set up. I mean, San Diego's huge. San Diego is huge. When people have a, a show, a panel, a hall presentation, then they have to make their way to a booth, and you're going to have some, some meeting with these people. Whereas smaller venues like LA Comic Con, you've got your panel, you've got your booth, you've got your behind the scenes, and it's really easy to get back out to your to your booth and stuff. So I get it. You're not going to get as many accidental run-ins at LA Comic Con as you're going to get at San Diego. That being said, hopefully you guys are all going to come out to uh, LA Comic Con happening in... Um, October, the October. last weekend of October, 28th, 26th, 27th, 28th, I believe. The weekend before Halloween. The weekend before Halloween. Usually it's tough for me to get away for LA Comic Con because I love to do Halloween at home. See, the, the dilemma for me is normally uh, if LA Comic Con falls on the same weekend as the beer festival at the local stadium. Right, right. Well, I haven't partaken in that in a little while. <laughs> Four ounces of beer can do me in now. For reasons that if you want to find out, you can uh, look up some of the other videos that you do. Oh, am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. if you want to know why I can't drink alcohol like I used to, you can watch the, the CJ Watson YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash... About your weight loss journey. Watson Jr. Yeah, yeah. It's about my uh, vertical sleeve gastrectomy. So if you're a fat fuck too, you might want to watch those channels. (laughs) Those videos. Or maybe not. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this from another's podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I am Jack Fisher. And remember to watch our video channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Desperate Mothers. There's a whole 117 subscribers right now. Can we make that 125 by the end of the month? When we get to 150, we're going to do a special promotion. That's right. We have 150 giveaway. We're going <laughs> to, I don't know, eat 150 Oreos. We could make it 300 and, you know, like get ourselves slaughtered in a uh, hopeless battle against superior odds. 
Sure. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. 300 the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Full green screen. It'll be a green screen Oreo epic. Yeah. All right. Hop on. Hop on.